At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. What's good? Welcome back to Off Track with <laughs> Alex. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Welcome back to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I'm Alexander Rossi. I'm not Alexander Rossi. Uh, that I'm is James Thim. Thank you. You, do you, Thank you, you keep saying stuff, Thim. <laughs> Gosh. I just want to be a part of the group. You know, we you guys don't want you, you to don't be a part let of me the drive group. the indie cars. No, you don't let me sleep in a, a bedroom at the Airbnb that we rented at the compound. I have to sleep on the couch. We I don't just... let you go on reality TV shows. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I think I would have been way better than Connor on The Amazing Race. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of reality television, we've got one of the hottest reality TV stars right now. Um, she is pretty pretty spectacular um, when you hear her story, which we're excited to share with you. A good friend of James's, a fellow competitor of James's, not an IndyCar driver competitor, however. What was she? How'd you meet? This guest and I met uh, on season 23 of Dancing with the Stars, and she immediately became one of my favorite people, not only on the show, but on Earth. Her sense of humor is out of control. Her story is great. She's motivated. She's dedicated. And she's a hell of a lot of fun. We are, of course, talking... About Miss Tara Jolet. Oh, is she? Does she do the impersonations of Britney Spears, or did she used to? She used to do that. Yeah, she did. She now has a reality TV show, Little Women LA, that is going into its seventh season, which is no mean feat. And during this interview, she disclosed to me something that I find is probably one of the most impressive things I've ever heard that someone did. But before we get to that, and don't forget to stick around after the interview to hear our recap of the Long Beach Grand Prix. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. I know that first world problems are still problems. You literally said last week how much this pissed you off. The most frustrating thing. All right, geez, let's move yeah. on. I'm glad that's over. Here's, Here's what, what grinds, grinds my gears. James, I've got to grind my gears, man. Hit me. When I first came over to IndyCar, I was living with a trainer of mine. Okay. He was from Spain, and he traveled to all the races with me, so we shared a lot of hotel rooms together. Carlos, right? Carlos, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Great guy, Spaniard. Awesome. I remember. Um, and, and we had a lot of fun together. One of the things that really bothered me about Carlos, aside from his snoring, body odor, he was and, pungent. and his weird meal times, was the fact that he left the bathroom floor completely soaked when oh, he got out of the shower. I feel like I'm dating Carlos. 
Wait, let me clarify that statement. Hold on. Let me clarify that statement. I am dating someone that leaves a pool of water all over the back. This is one of my biggest pet peeves of my darling girlfriend, Becky. Becky, Becky, can we get you? Oh. Sorry, for everybody listening, Becky's here. Uh, yeah. Becky, do you want to defend yourself on this? Wait, Becky, you do this? Dude. Here's the thing. Don't. No, I do want to defend myself just for yeah, a yeah, by all really means. quick second. I tend to go into the shower without bringing all the things with me that I need. That doesn't so sound like you at all. Through, I also doesn't sound towel. like my problem. Why do you need a towel in the shower? Because we like, have to, to like, grab on the way out. Like, yeah, so her it's towel's far away. still in the closet. I'll have like. Why do you keep your towels in the closet and not next to the shower? That sounds like a household problem. It's actually the, the it is not the best system, but the towel you have to walk out of the shower and around the side. Well, you can this. just on the way in put it over. That's what yeah. I forget to do most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I. And this just drives you nuts. Well, it's it, she she gets out of the shower without the towel and walks around, apparently like in circles around the, even though the towel's right around the corner of the shower, it's like she does laps around the bathroom before she gets the towel. Or like she grabs a towel but doesn't wipe her body off at all. She just kind of wraps it around her and just dribbles everywhere, <laughs> just drips. So then I, so like let's say I'm getting dressed in the closet and then I come out dressed wearing socks and then my socks are soaked because I'm stepping in these pools of water. In all fairness, it really seems like Lou's taking care of the problem. Lou can only drink She's so much Lou the shower water. I, yeah, I Lou, feel like our dog. Lou's like eight pounds. If you, She's thirsty. If, <laughs> we do not, guys, we do not let Lou drink that water. If she anybody from the Humane Society is listening. Exactly. <laughs> Our dog is very well taken care for. But no, yeah, just here's the thing. I bring the towel to the shower. I shower. I turn the shower off. I put the towel, bring the towel in, and I wipe myself dry, bone dry before I step out of the shower. Yeah, that's what you do. That's what, like, that's, like, that's how do. you shower. Yeah. That's. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really great. I feel like, so this is my Carlos. I feel your pain, brother. This is a thing. I'm glad I'm being compared to. Man he, was a, he was a hairless, very tan, strong man. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a gear grinder for sure. Sorry, James. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I am James Hinchcliffe. I'm Alexander Rossi. And we are delighted to be joined by a very, very special guest today, uh, someone I've known for a couple years now. We met under very stressful circumstances, being thrust into uh, a live television performance of a dance show. I, of course, am talking about one of the best people on earth, Ms. Tara Jolay, thank you so much for joining us. Aw, thank you. I've never heard our names in the same sentence with thrust until just now. And it felt pretty good, didn't it? <laughs> it felt right. It felt right. That was a first. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I, I need to just let it be known to the world that Tara had to fight um, L.A. rush hour morning traffic to make it here today. And for that, we are eternally grateful. I mean, that is, I that is impressive considering our producer, Thim, lives eight minutes from here, yet he had to stay the night because he <laughs> because was concerned about early. the call time this morning. So we really appreciate you coming out. I love it. I'm, I'm a morning person, so this is perfect. I use that as an excuse. I just wanted to stay here. This is, <laughs> this, the, where we rented to record in L.A. is uh, 
I, I, significantly nicer than my apartment? I'm trying to. <laughs> is, is there a better word than significantly? I think that sums it up. Yeah, I think that sums it up nicely. So, Tara, you are you're known for a lot of things. You've done a lot. You are a lot. But I want to know where it all started. So every so everybody knows you have the show now, Little Women L.A., and they've seen you on Dancing with the Stars, and they've seen some other things. But where did where did this all start? Where did you grow up? Did you always want to be in show business? What was the dream? Okay, so when I was a kid, I always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. And when I was 21, my mom, I, was, I did two years of college, and I was just like, look, I'm not happy in San Antonio. And so I moved out to Hollywood, and two months later, I was like a backup dancer on Austin Powers 3 for Vern Troy or Mini-Me. And I was like, oh, I've made it. I am never leaving. And then there was like a dry spell for like three years. <laughs> so did you come out here by yourself? You just, I did. You left San Antonio? I and... packed my car and drove here by myself. So literally that, you're like that story. Yeah, I'm that girl. I had probably like less than 300 bucks to my name and I figured it out. Which That's is awesome. Wow. I mean, I had friends out here, which totally inevitably helped. For sure. But um, yeah, it's still scary as hell. And there were many nights where emotionally I was unstable, but it, we figured it out. Yeah, you think you made it through your dry spell. Yeah. But then obviously the dominoes started falling into place. I decided to start creating characters. I was like, look, if I can, like people are trying to put me in these leprechaun outfits and, you know, pay me a grand. Like, why couldn't I do that? But do something that I love. And so I was like, why not impersonate? And I started with impersonating and I created random characters like mini Britney and mini Gaga and I was getting paid really great money and then it became kind of bigger than I thought it ever was. I was like doing it so I could pay rent but at the time then all of a sudden it became like hey we want you in Brazil. Hey we need you in Sweden. You know no and way. I was like touring the world doing this impersonation adventure but it was fun. I, no regrets. No regrets, dog. Anyways, and so uh, <laughs> I do way too many movie references. Um, okay, so then I was like, if I can create this character, why can't I create something else that's like, if you build it, they will come. Right. You know, that kind of mentality. And that was when I really started putting together my friends and thinking about this Little Women idea. And lo and behold, here we are, seven seasons later. We're like, just started season seven. So before we get too much into the Little Women LA, can, can we go back to the impersonations? Is that something where you have to like get permission from? No, impersonating is like, I mean, if you've ever been to Vegas, it's crazy. Like, as long as you're not trying to sell that their you are, music. Okay. Yeah, or say, oh, I am this Got person, it. you know? And even like when I was in a group originally called Mini Kiss, I was Mini Paulina Stanley. Lord help me! But, uh, <laughs> oh my God, is there photos from that? Yeah, because we will put that on. I'm, very, I'm <laughs> pretty, pretty excited. Totally photos okay. for that. Ask <laughs> off track if anybody wants to see that. We will post that. <laughs> but I was singing to like a karaoke track um, the, the whole time, and it's just like people love. Th- paying less for music that they love. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> fair. And then point, you put yeah. a little spin on it, and it's, I mean, you have to be a good performer. Or a else. showman. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever hear from any of the people you were impersonating? Every single one of, well, except for Gaga. She's like crickets. But um, Britney wanted me on her tour, and I two months prior, I had just accepted T-Pain Little Wayne's tour, and so I couldn't. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brittany. I can't come on your tour. I want to be on T Pain Lil Wayne's tour. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, like, but it was that's sad awesome. because if I knew that Brittany was interested, I would have said absolutely no, like, no thanks, T Pain Lil Wayne. I'd rather go with Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good problem to have. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great a, problem it's a to have. It's a first world problem did it, for sure. Did it feel good to turn down Brittany Spears? 
No, I felt bad, <laughs> you evil monster. <laughs> like that's that's when you know you've made it. When you're like, ah, oh, Brit, babe, man, Brit, babe. would love to do the show, <laughs> but I just I'm all booked up. No, Brittany's really sweet. I think that. People through her career, like they love the old school Britney. And I think that that's really what propelled my careers because they loved like, oops, I did it again, Britney, rather than the give me more Britney. No right. offense, Britney Spears. I love you. So were you a reality TV fan? I was. What, so what was your show? What was your go-to reality TV like guilty pleasure? I mean, my guilty, I, I love, so I started, okay, first off, I started watching Dancing with the Stars because my mother-in-law was so into it. And I was like, I have to bond with this woman somehow. And so I'm like, <laughs> really? I was like, let me watch what television she watches. And then her and I will have something in common. So I started watching The Bachelor and I started watching Dancing with the Stars. And I loved it. I got hooked the whole nine. But I've always been a fan of Housewives. And Little Women is like Housewives, just without as much money. <laughs> <laughs> Like any and like way F1. shorter. So then when you got the call to be on Dancing with the Stars, that must have been pretty cool. It was huge. Yeah. I mean, like... Was that one of the, like, highlights, you think, of, of your career? Definitely. Just because yeah. I felt like this was, was something that I've never done. This is something that I've never seen a little person approach. Everything surrounding Dancing with the Stars was, like, it was definitely a heart project for me. And you were the first little person on the show. Yeah, for sure. I was like... I mean, I didn't, there, there's not many, so when it comes to uh, celebrities, there's not really a lot, I mean, other than P Peter Dinklage, but his his celebrity is so, I mean, his uh, height, not as in physical, like his height of fame. <laughs> his status. Is, yeah. is like, mm, he'll take Dancing with the Stars maybe 10, 20 years from now, but he's not in that <laughs> mode. He's in, he's in Game of Thrones mode. Right, right. Did you have to like think about it when you got the call or was it like a no brainer? So I don't know how your process went, but I, they actually had me interview and I was like, I'm not going to get this because they were talking, they were like, you're pregnant. I'm like, yeah, I know. And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> oh really? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> and they were like, so you're probably not going to be able to do this just like three weeks after you have your baby. And I'm like, never say never. I mean, let me ask my doctor and at least approach the subject and I, but I remember leaving there and thinking they're not going to want me because they're going to think it's too much of a liability. And I'll like, so you did, you put in all of those hours and everything three weeks after you had a kid. Totally. And not just having wow. a child out of my hoo-ha, having one through my C-section, which is like a full eight week, well, six to eight week process to like recover. Well, so Sorry. James can no longer complain ever about the amount of hours he had to put in. That's, no, but he was over, recovering from a huge... No, well, I was, I was, he was recovered pretty recovered. I had had a decent amount of time. You had three weeks that for like an open abdomen surgery. It's, it was all the well, more Well, not only that, but then having to care for the child. Yeah. Not just like, no, like having it and then I bye. Would, I would crawl back to my apartment and like just sleep for the eight hours that we had off that, in that between rehearsals. absolutely blows my mind. I mean, it was... Definitely a stressful time, and it was like stressful for my marriage. It was stressful for everything, but we made it through. And it was a really like an experience I'll never forget, and I would never take back a moment of it. Well, there so, you go. So was was Joe? Was your husband Joe? Was he like supportive of the idea at first? He was crazy supportive, and he knows that like I'm just that go getter, and I don't like saying no. I'm like the yes woman instead of the yes man. But I just felt like, you know even if we waited, that opportunity may not come again. And so let's just try it. 
And I remember having conversations with Dina, like, are you sure you can't like move up the delivery date? Dina is the executive producer. And I'm like, um, no, I want this baby to cook as long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Casting people. I'm trying to, can you just adjust your like yes. major let life me, event let me that make is a call. creating a new child, <laughs> like bringing life into yeah. the world? Because it doesn't work let, with our production schedule. Let me see if I can pay well. a little bit more and get some like speedy delivery or something on this. Plus, the other side of it is, is that got probably, probably got Joe a lot of like brownie points with mom because, you know. Super brownie points. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was exciting. So you have a you have a YouTube channel now. Yeah, called Mini Mama. It's all about my world. In fact, we're vlogging it today. So tune in minimama.com. So it's like <laughs> behind the scenes of of your life. Yeah, it really is behind the scenes, and I try and incorporate a lot of kids stuff with it. Like I do product reviews regularly, um, and it's become a fun. Um, adrenaline rush for me I decided 2018 I would vlog every day which is really hard and on top of filming we're still in our we still have like two more weeks next week we're we're going to Vegas y'all nice we're going to Vegas Vegas but, um, baby and then that's the end of season seven filming for now <laughs> yeah. so how long does a season take to film about a half a year really? um, yeah it's like 18 18 episodes and you figure about a week and a half per episode. So it, it takes a right about six months, but also we're not working the week of Christmas. We're not working New Year's week, you know, so there's a few moments where we're having a break. For sure. And so this is, this is essentially your brainchild. This is your baby, your executive producer on it. Um, producer uh, of little women. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Executive yeah. producer. The, you, you start it, you executive produce it, you created it. That seems like a lot of work. So like other than just like, I guess, I guess the question is, how much prep goes into each episode for you? I mean, you're in it, but you also have to kind of make sure that this whole world keeps turning. I'm really trying to do more of the press side of it, as well as um, I help a lot with the casting. When it comes to Little Women, they, we like being an executive producer and being on the show, it's really important that I keep that separate. I'm not at all influencing the show. I'm not... T- like thinking of storylines, I'm strictly acting as a personality. Right. Um, but because of the creation of the, the start of the show, that's why um, my little EP is connected to that. You've written a book. Yes. You have your shows. Is, so like, is there more writing in your future, maybe? I, you know. More singing in I your future, I originally wanted to do children's books before I did my autobiography, and they basically said, like, this is your way in the door, mm-hmm. which I'm super grateful for. So I wouldn't say that, that my writing has stopped, but I think that no more autobiography, I think more so kid-friendly. See, it's, it, it, so I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a trend here. You're obviously a mother several times over, and your YouTube channel, a lot of it's kind of geared towards things with your children. children. Yeah. Um, your show, I mean, is some, some people in the limelight kind of choose to keep their family out of it. Yours is very much part of, of what you do. Was that a, was that a conscious decision? Was that something you thought of? Was it just kind of like a natural, like, Hey, this is my family. This is my life. This, we're all going to do this together. So my family is very different. Like, um, the fact that we're all little people or maybe not depending on my son, if he's a little person or not, we find out this season on season seven, but um, <laughs> a little plug Spoil- right there. Spoiler alert. Um, but no, but with when it comes to the family, I feel that like enlightening people about dwarfism is so important because 
there's so many different um, ways to look at being little. I mean, 20 years down, like 20 years prior, uh, before any of these shows ever existed, there was a lot of rude slurs about our condition. And I feel like enlightening the world, it's not like we are aliens and just showing that we're just like every other person out there is important to me. And I feel like it's doing good for this world. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I do feel like there is a heightened enlightenment, which I totally appreciate. And I think that there's some value to that. <sighs> but it is hard because having your family on blast, it you if you look at my comments, I'm like, I can't even look at them because some of the things are just really inappropriate. And, you know, like you get really a fan of like the block buttons, like and block and you no longer can comment on my page. So I, it's, it's a, it's a weird, like give and take. I mean, I'm also providing for their future, you know, like they both have Coogan accounts. They both get paid to be a part of the show. So I think that it's like a give and take kind of situation. It's not a matter of like, exploiting my family it's a matter of like providing for my family for sure so you talk about the 20 years prior I mean you you were a part of that I mean what was the big kind of breakthrough thing for you where you were able to stay above all that noise and be able to just believe in what you were doing and just make it happen because you knew that you had the same capabilities as as everyone else yeah I mean I think that there's like stereotypes everywhere no matter where you go there's always going to be stereotypes and I I think the way that you look at them is so important and the way you handle them as yourself. Like, I don't, are there stereotypes for drivers? Like, kind of like cops with donuts? They I think mean, we, like, are excessively dangerous on the real road because we drive fast on a racetrack. Yeah, that's true. Everybody just assumes that you drive like a jerk on a the A bat road. out of hell. Yeah, which is not true because we've hit stuff. <laughs> we know how bad that hurts. We know how much it hurts to hit something going 50 miles an hour. 150, 220. So like you should have just kept turning. We <laughs> we try really hard to not hit stuff where everyone else is on their phone. They haven't hit anything. They don't know how like how easily that can happen. So yes, there yeah. are other, there are stereotypes. Totally stereotypes with everybody and with little people. There's stereotypes, and I feel like if you like laugh at that and be like, "I'm gonna go driving" or whatever, you know, like, and t I think that there's certain things that from a little person's perspective other little people are not okay with like, um, yes, I have been a leprechaun in my day and I've made a pretty penny and I've also like put a roof over my head and I've also like take it as an acting job as I'm a performer rather than take it as I'm being stereotyped in this role. There are other roles that I said, uh, thanks, but no thanks like Oompa Loompa. No, thank you. We're all stocked up here. Katy Perry. Love you. Bye. Anyways. And so like different things that I've said yes and no to for sure. But at the same time, it's like, this is, my life. I'm not judging your job. And I think that when it comes to like transitioning and saying, I want to be known as Tara rather than to do any impersonating, any right. character jobs, any acting that isn't me, I want to be known as Tara. That was a huge part of my life. And it went through Little Women, which I'm forever grateful for. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at, at askofftrack. Or you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram or Snapchat story. We're also taking emails at ask at offtrackpod.com and phone calls at 317-731-2372. That's ask at offtrackpod.com and 317-731-2372. If you like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show. So you better make it good. We're also on Twitter at at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. 
And of course, Thim is available at at the Tim Durham. We're going to get that switched to at the Thim Durham any day now. So the, the concept of this is for you to kind of get quick answers, but that's never happened It's, it's never. This so. lightning round, it's never happened. Oh, it's pretty much just a continuation of the interview. <laughs> okay, cool. I like it. We got to have a different name for With it. With shorter then. questions, basically. Yes. Shorter questions, shorter answers. Let's go. And, and less serious questions, such as, what's the fastest you've ever driven? 120. That specific. That so was, like, yeah, that was quick. It's Did because that's that the highest the that here? my Civic would go up. That's the highest <laughs> that the odometer would go up. Love that she's driving a Civic. Thank you. That's what I started with. Uh, and I have an Acura now. Is I, still stay, on the product. I stay still in the same family. family. I have an MDX. Yeah. Oh, is there a story great. behind the 120? Like, was no, that's a... as high. I mean, maybe I was going faster, but that's as high as my speedometer oh, that's would go. Just, but that's like a regular thing. I was going to say, what, clearly no, it's not the one 16. time. I was I mean, every person uh, wants to like see what your max car can out. do. Next question. Favorite reality show you've ever been on? Obviously not including your own. Um, well then I'm just going to go with the, well, is Dancing with the Stars considered my own? Is that no, considered no. reality? Yes. Then yeah, for sure. Things. Dancing with the Stars. Chale. Uh, <laughs> duh. There was no hand movement. Chale. Thank you. We're on the radio, y'all. Favorite non-reality TV show? Um, I really love How to Get Away with Murder. I just oh, nice. like binge watched a truckload last night. I'm, I'm a super fan, but Basically, I'm a Netflix-aholic. Right. Like, I love Game of Thrones. I love Stranger Things. So are, like, are you into like murdery stuff, though? Like, Did you see Mindhunter? Uh, no. On Netflix? No. Is that awesome? Should yeah. I put that in my queue? You should look I into that. I haven't heard of that. The favorite musical artist of all time? Ooh, um, I'd probably say Elton John. I just feel like he's like talented mm. from head to toe, and I feel like the fact that he can perform songs, sing songs, did you play see, a million um, instruments. The new Kingsman. What did you think of his... Um, I presentation in that. I haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't seen it. Okay. Who would win in a fight? Mini Brittany or mini mama? Word. Mini mama would take out mini Brittany. Every time. What's the biggest misconception about little people still today? Probably. And this is going to sound, uh, that like our, our body parts are, um, tiny. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) (laughs) That, no, that's actually... Exactly the answer we wanted. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, it's legit. So that brings a conclusion to Lightning Round. Thank you very much. Um, Thim, would you like to All right. take us yeah, to the Battle honors? Royale. Round one. Fight. So um, we do a segment at the end of, uh, of the end of our interviews called Battle Royale. I will give you guys a group of characters, whether they're real or fictional. You have to imagine that they're in a fight to the death, uh, and you will pick the winner. I will be the judge of this, um, very uh, partial. Uh, you can bribe me with whatever you want. Uh, we will also then throw it up for a Twitter poll on uh, Ask Off Track, our Twitter account. But your guys' char- group of characters today are pop divas. So I'm t- yeah, I'm talking like Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, Lady Gaga, anybody you want. Make your case. I mean, this seems this situation actually seems more plausible than most. of This our one seems Royals. like it could be like backstage. At, yeah, you know, C- gonna, Caesar's Palace. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna pick Beyonce. Oh, oh. yeah. 
Because I think she's I think, really I think we, strong to go to battle. I think we can just call it. I think Tara just Yeah, won. There, there might not even be... <laughs> I don't think there's a... Go all Sasha Fierce on uh, on a group. No one's going to beat Beyonce in anything, really. So. Yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. Damn. Man, one point Tara, zero boys. Wow. <laughs> I was going to like maybe go like Madonna. I was going to go Christina Aguilera. Based no, on what? You guys, she yeah. Would, she would... Murder both of them. <laughs> yeah. So here, so here's the, here's why I went. I, there was a reason. There was a method to my madness. I figured, look, Madonna was. I don't. Is she still married to Guy Ritchie? Is that a thing anymore? She's anymore? not married to Guy Ritchie. She was. Yeah. She was at a time. And Guy Ritchie. I don't know if you've seen any of his movies. Are you a, a fan of movies like Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? My husband is. I've seen Snatch. And, okay. Yeah. So gritty, dark, like underworld criminal world in England. This guy knows some stuff. This guy's seen some like I've seen the movies. I'm a big War- fan of his movies. Yeah, yeah. He's, he knows he knows some things and he's seen some things. I feel like he comes from that world almost. But he's not fighting. It's yeah, no, not I know. Fighting. But I like mean, I've, it's been held against me in the past the people that they would have with them. And it's like, well, that doesn't let me, matter. Let me finish. I don't think he's saying that that she would like Madonna would bring Guy Ritchie. I think he's saying I'm she saying like, she up lear- on some exactly. Of that. She's been around this environment. She knows how the gritty underworld of you know. The, the don't get me wrong. Still, a, just a terrible choice. Yeah. But I'm just I'm, as as I'm talking, I'm losing confidence in my <laughs> in my selection. The problem is, is she open with Beyonce? Yeah, that's a strong. That's how do you massive. beat that? My my argument for Christina Aguilera was solely based on the dirty music video. And she was in the boxing ring, and I still I'm think sure the greatest. She was just dancing around. I, there was no, I understand. Involved. I just feel so it's like more that sexual was, than it. Feel like that was the greatest music video of all time. <laughs> <More> <laughs> sexual. So that's why I chose so her. Because basically, this was just a reason to bring up Christina Aguilera's hundred percent. Okay, like right. I have no valid argument, especially. I respect Beyonce. that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post a link to that on our Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. How about we? I rest my case with that. So that's, oh no, no, you still lose, but I respect it. Thank you. <laughs> I like. Usually, I like to have more of an argument, but there's no argument to be had here. Absolutely Beyonce not. is the clear winner. Yeah, no, and I'm not even going to defend what I said. Nope. No one's going to defend. What so, you said. I, and I'm I, really, know, really upset myself that that didn't pop into my head. Well, yeah, no, that's. I'm disappointed. Well, well done. I'm not. I'm not mad at you, but I am disappointed. Well, God, I'm, story I'm, of my life. When I'm literally I'm staring you. out the window trying to think of something else that that could. But have beat Beyonce? No, you can't. There's no. not one. You can't. No. Beat you can't Beyonce. beat the Beehive. No, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot beat Queen Bee. Yeah. Uh, so Tara, I'm I'm calling it. You're the winner. I thank you. And I don't even think we're, we're, we're the poll is. Is just there another be Tara, round? Tara or Tara? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tara, <laughs> Tara, Beyonce or Tara? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the most dominant battle royale we've ever like, had. Like by far, I so. want you to know that. So we, that's it. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That like that usually. You don't takes want to do round while. two? That's normally like a five minute segment <laughs> that you just we you can just totally ended it. What about male pop artists? We can oh. totally mix it up. I mean, let's do it. I'm game. Round two. I got mine. Doing another round of battle royale. Justin Timberlake. Oh, really? That's why you wanted to go first. I know. I like it. Good, good play, man. That's that's almost the Beyonce. He's almost like the male Beyonce. Wait for it. Oh, here we go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You want me? No. Uh, Well, he took he took mine. Wait. Let me think about this. All right, I got it. All right. And I got the best argument ever. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Excited. Bruno Mars. Oh, damn it. Why? Another great one. Why? What's the argument for that? The argument is Super Bowl. Mic drop. What, just Justin Timberlake. Perform, I mean, uh, just Super Bowl. D- you he liked literally... Justin Timberlake's version of a singing at this... No offense, Justin. 
But like seriously, he I didn't think he sing listens. this season. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I, yeah. I was there. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Alex, Alex is a massive Mike. Patriots fan. Did you <laughs> did you see Bruno Mars at the Super Bowl? Just judging by their performances side by but side. Why does that mean that, that Bruno well, Mars is going to beat him in a fight? To be fair, I feel like Bruno Mars will beat him in a fight. I feel like he's like a little Bruno, wilier. And less concerned about his face. Yeah. I feel like he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd get after it, you know? Yeah. yeah but Here's the thing. Justin Timberlake look, would just try and end the fight with like, like hugs. The, he'd be like, come on, guys, let's not fight. <laughs> but I just feel riff. like he's with like how Canadian. talented Justin Timberlake is, it's so many things. I feel like. I agree. He's he, just like he unexpectedly could, like an MMA fighter, too. Would that surprise <laughs> you? <laughs> Pro- probably. To probably. be fair, right. he's like my yeah. favorite person on earth. So like I'm not. I thought it was Ryan like Reynolds. They're, they're both. They're like hand in hand. They're but very, I really think right close. now, look at their careers right now. No offense to Justin as well. But I feel like Justin's doing well, but Bruno is doing tremendous. He's like laying it down. Yeah, again, that doesn't. We're not matter. talking about. Yeah, we're talking about a fight. Here, like uh, Justin Timberlake's new album fight. is not interesting to me. It's, yeah, it's a, it's You're a battle. Like, but we're talking about a like battle to the, to the death. They're fighting. Yes. They're physically. Yes. yes. Oh, I'm compete. I'm talking about their career status. No, oh, no. God, no. no. Battle I mean, Royale, we mean, we mean literally. Which is fighting. amazing. You chose Beyonce because she would still win she, in a she fight. She still yeah. wins in a fight. Absolutely. She would kick ass. Beyonce in a fight. Would, would yeah. win in anything. You know, yes. Bruno probably he's a little on the shorter side. But I feel like he's quick. But you know? yeah, he's probably really fast. He's very physical. And too, Justin's watches. slow. Like, why are we just assuming that know. he's not well, physically you know, capable? James, you haven't given one yet. No, but, I'm aware. Yeah, go ahead, James. I'm aware. Okay. I, I'm just saying, you know, he's got Cardi B in his corner, and like she'll take somebody out with him. It's not a tag team situation. You can't, you can't uh, rely gonna, on that. I'm gonna throw. He tried. In. He tried to do this once, and yeah, it's it's just the it's just the category. Like I had that unlocked. I forget who it was. No, so. you said you had like a vague group of Willie Nelson fans. You were just like Willie Nelson would you bring put his Willie fi- Nelson up to fight one day. Yeah. What? Right. He's like <laughs> he's like a walking. That's like skeleton. putting George Carlin <laughs> up to fight. <laughs> it was like it was. No like, offense, Willie. <laughs> Old or George. Anyways, George James. Passed away. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a totally, uh, totally different kind of thing here, and Uh-oh. and I think I've got. I think I got a little bit of a. Don't say. Don't even say Jay Z. No. He, no, I'm not gonna say Jay Z because right. <laughs> we're keeping him more in like the in the pop world, right? Yeah, yeah. He no longer sings. I don't think anyway. The band that he was in is no longer around. And you're gonna just give me a second. I'm gonna say, and they gotta give me a second. Any day now. I'm gonna hold back. Nick Lachey. Okay. Here's why. <laughs> no, I. I, I, I That's see like him. an Alex Rossi level bad. Pick. No, but but hold on. <laughs> Wait till. You, on paper, I get it. He's just like really pretty, and you don't think he'd be a good fighter, and this, that, and the other. But let's good let's Lord. look at the facts. This guy survived, albeit a brief one. He survived a marriage to Jessica Simpson. Okay. That must mean you have super human strength. You can't use the same argument twice. He's used this before. Absolutely. It it also didn't work. No. Let's put Nick Lachey up to fight before. You've literally used this same argument before. You just base it off of spouses. (laughs) Literally, you are losing previous wins now. Whether I've used it or not, my point is anybody that could survive more than 10 minutes in a marriage with that person seems like For the record, Jessica Simpson is super sweet. There you go. Were you so, married to her? There goes the Nick Were Lachey you? argument. No, but did you watch their show? Okay. Do you know reality television? No. Yes. 
and it's all very real and, and not it scripted is, or it, overproduced look, at it all. It is real, but it's enhanced. And and when it comes to Jessica Simpson, I think that she's legit a nice woman. Guys, you know guys, really Justin cool? Timberlake. Do you know it's cool? I won my first battle yeah, royale. I, I, yeah, I'm giving, I'm sadly, I think you won. This is right. thank you. All right, don't get used to it. You know? <laughs> Wait, this is your first one. How many times have y'all battled? Like four or five. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, this is kind of a new thing, huh? Yeah, I like yeah. It. yeah, the win for me is pretty cool. I haven't. Yeah, he's gonna take nice. it. He's we'll gonna take it. it. He's gonna be happy. And about on it. that high note, you didn't even have to bump note. Wiccans out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I didn't win. <laughs> There's more inside jokes happening that Tara is lost on. Sorry. We'll fill you in. We'll fill you in later. But in the meantime, Tara, thank you so much for coming out, for braving traffic, for putting up with them, and uh, for being on the show with us. We really appreciate it. Y'all are awesome. You're the best. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around. We are doing our post Long Beach recap remotely. This is the glamorous life of racing drivers in the IndyCar series. I'm actually currently sitting at uh, LAX, and Alex, you're in Indianapolis, I believe. I'm in Indianapolis, and I uh, just got my dog back from the trainer. So pretty exciting times. And just, I am uh, in bed. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Are you are you still here? Yeah, yeah. You guys can't get rid of me that easy. This is him. Just doesn't know when to stop. Anyway, Alex. Pretty, uh, pretty stout weekend over in the old LBC. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Yeah, so um, my, my race weekend recap um, is going to be a short one because I don't have a whole lot to say other than... Racing Dominated, racing. started up front, killed it. No, no. Racing driver's <laughs> lives is pretty easy um, when they have a good car. So, it, you know, it was, it was an enjoyable one for me because I had a lot of friends and family down there. It was a race that... I feel got taken away from me by James Hinchcliffe last year. You're welcome. So I'm very happy that I was able to um, take it back from all the old Canada man over here and um, bring it back to the U.S. of X. So, yeah, it was a great weekend and, and uh, really happy with how it went. We'll get to my weekend in a second, but, I mean, it's got to be cool for you because that's essentially your home race, right? Like, I can imagine what it would be like winning in Toronto, so it's got to be extra special winning essentially your backyard. Yeah, no doubt. It was it was it was very very unique, and um, you're right. I mean, a lot of the people that were there, um, you know, hadn't made the trip over to Europe in the past to see me. So really, the only time that they've gotten to see me race is at Long Beach the past couple of years, and and honestly, they haven't gone great. So the fact that we were able to have such a strong weekend in, in front of, you know, close friends and, and immediate family and extended family that necessarily hadn't really seen me drive all that much was was very very cool and. Um, you know, Long Beach has been around for for over 40 years now, and there's a reason for that. I mean, it's one of the coolest races we have on the calendar. Fans were awesome. The turnout was massive. The weather was great. I mean, it just really was a weekend um, that ticked all the right boxes. You know what's one of the coolest things about that race is, as a winner, you get your name and face put into, like, the walk of fame in winner's circle there. And now forever, your face and my face will be side by side on the floor of the podium that, of Long Beach. I mean, so basically, we should go, you know, get our, our burial sites now, right? I think so. We just get matching plots. I think that's a we, good idea. Just so we could be next to each other in, in you know, our death as well. What, 
what we need to do is actually get a sign that says off track with and then go put it on the ground in front yeah. of our two bases next year and take that photo. Sam, don't forget Come that. That's really Come on. You want to know what the best thing about it is besides the fact you and I will be next to each other? Tim won't be there. He, he I know. Going by going by the terms of the property of this podcast, I think I am the the front runner for next year. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Statistically speaking, you've got a great shot at it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I got I just got Forza, so I'm feeling pretty good. Big step up for Mario Kart. I'm proud of you, bud. Proud of you, bud. So, so uh, yes, yeah. as the returning champion or the defending champion of the race, you obviously went into it with high expectations, and I talked to you a little bit about this, but I mean. We all kind of expected you guys to show up and, and see the class, considering how dominant you were last year. So what what went on? <laughs> Man, if I knew, <laughs> that would be great. No, you know that's that's just the nature of the uh, the IndyCar series. It's so competitive, right? And even though we had a strong program last year and you know a strong street course package at St. Pete in the first round, we didn't really translate the way we were hoping. You know, we rolled out the truck with a car that was a little bit more of a handful than we would have liked. I think everybody was trying to learn some new things with this new package. And uh, unfortunately, we did not get a handle on it quite as well as you guys did. But the team made, you know, great progress over the weekend. You know, got a nice top 10 spot in qualifying, starting eighth. And honestly, the start of the race was going okay, staying out of trouble. And then we had a, uh, oh, look at that. TSA just reminded me to uh, not leave my baggage unattended. But, uh, no, we had... um, you know, a problem with our first set of tires that made me have to switch strategies. And then from there, we just didn't catch yellows, didn't catch the brakes that we needed and still pulled out a top 10 finish, which given all that we fought against during the day, we were pretty happy with. But onwards and upwards, we had immediately to Barber. That's why I'm in transit. I got to head out there for a Honda event now and uh, get get the mind back in road course mode for Barber next weekend. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel going? I mean, I, I know how I feel going into Barber. Um, so, so less, less than good. How do you? <laughs> well, I mean, you're going in as like the championship leader by a pretty significant margin for three races in. But yeah, okay, no, I'm, I'm sure you're really stressing it. Uh, <laughs> we, like many people, were out there for a test a couple weeks ago, and you know, Alex, you were there, and most of the series there. The weather was horrendous, and we got like less than half a day of running. So I don't think anybody's particularly confident going into uh, into Barber. You know what? I think we can do it. I like your optimism. Thanks. Thanks, everybody at home for listening into this race recap. No problem. No problem, Sam. I wasn't having a final thought. (laughs) Yes, thank you, everyone. We appreciate you all, and uh, we look forward to entertaining or not you next week. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at at AskOffTrack, or you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram or Snapchat story. We're also taking emails, and that's at ask at OffTrackPod.com, and phone calls at 317-731-2372. That's ask, A-S-K, at OffTrackPod.com, and 317-731-2372. If we like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show. So you better make it good. We're also on Twitter at at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. And if you want to, though we have no idea why you would, you can follow producer Thim at at the Tim Durham.
A huge thank you to Tara Jolet for her time with us today. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Tara Jolet. The music you heard on this episode was written by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. And the show was produced by Chris Boniello and Jeff Umbro of the Podglomerate, as well as Fim himself, Tim Durham. Also Peter Vincer, Matt Monrian, and Lucy Shen at CastBox. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot because, well, we think it's the best. We'd also like to thank Breakmaster Cylinder for the jingles. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.